Wait, what is this? It's a YouTube live stream of just all video game music. And I, I use it at work because it's like very few of the songs have lyrics. So it's good like focus music. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that reminds you, all good things must come to an end, Jared. All good things must come to an end. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, I I see you came in weeping today. So sad. So sad. (laughs) I'm going to say something that contradicts everything I've said up to this point, and it's probably a controversial opinion. Okay. It was Rupert's time to go. I think staying any longer in the season was just going to keep the show in this weird stasis. In Rupert mode? Yeah, kind of. Like, <laughs> when you have a frontrunner who I, again, have said, I don't think is very good at the game of Survivor. Loving, lovely person. Mm-hmm. Awesome to have on TV. Not good at Survivor. <laughs> it was time for him to go. It was time for him to go. And... This show manipulates around that and plays with the idea of everyone wants him gone. We should do it now, right? Oh, see, I knew that he was going home this episode from the first scene. Oh, really? The first scene with him, like, talking about, like, how nice it is in the morning and how, like, that's when it, or, and, like, he misses his family or whatever that conversation was. Yep. Man, I was like, yeah, that's his eulogy. <laughs> like, he's that's his eulogy right there. Yeah, it's either his eulogy or he's winning this game. Correct. With nowhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a little heavy-handed on Survivor's part. I think it had to be. Oh, yeah? Did, did they see from a mile away that Rupert was the most likable human? Yes. I mean, they're correct. Yes. <laughs> you, you have to do that i like i don't know like you like there's they've been teasing us with it and they they basically told us i feel like a few episodes ago like hey by the way rupert's not winning (laughs) just so you know i mean multiple characters have said like rupert's going to win this game someone please stop him yeah and and he doesn't have the benefit of being in thailand (laughs) he doesn't have the benefit of just steamrolling over everyone yeah saying dude well you're not gonna stop me. He's not in Thailand. He's not in Australia. He's not in Africa. Like, sorry. Game evolves, baby. Sure does. Mm. How are you doing, Jared? It's been a long time. It has been. We are so codependent because it's been like a <laughs> week and a half, and I'm like, it's been so long. It's been so long. I need my. I need my fix. I need my <laughs> Stephen fix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just got done talking your ear off about Baldur's Gate three for a while. It's. My second favorite game I've ever played, and it is consuming my every waking moment and thought, and (laughs) I will play that game for the next 10 years, probably. Nice. All right. Not continuously. I mean, I won't stop you. I might stop you. There would be a certain point where I'd be like, Jared, (laughs) this is an intervention. Jared, we need to do something else. (laughs) How about you, Steven? Uh, Not too bad. It's been been busy. Work's been busy, but... There's a, a horizon, like, everything is clearing up, and we're like, yeah, everyone's on vacation. Hell yeah. Dude, that is, July and August is PTO time. Yeah. And me too. It I've is. taken a lot of PTO in the last couple weeks. 
when you're in, in my industry, in the logistics industry, where a lot of times it is a lot of institutional knowledge that individual people have mm-hmm. that are in separate companies and have to communicate, yep. it is a mess. <laughs> this time of year is always a mess. Yeah, for logistics, I am so sorry. I have nothing to do with that, and I am very thankful. <laughs> Just been doing my thing. I had to randomly run and like do... Not to give too much information, I had to like go get cash today in a different currency where I'm like, this feels illegal. It's not. It's very much not. It's very much not. Currency exchange as a whole is a thing. But I'm just like sitting there with money. I'm like, this is weird. I don't like this. I don't know. In a professional sense, I don't like having money on me. That is not my money. I'll help you. No. Give me all your money. No. (laughs) Like, it's something I don't do, so I feel comfortable saying this over a microphone, that this is the first time and probably only time I ever had to do this. Yeah. I mean, you also didn't... You've gone now into the lady doth protest too much, where, like... (laughs) See, that could have been, I, it could have been 50 bucks. Like, it, I don't know, I don't know the amount of money. It was not. You're making it sound like it's thousands of dollars, which it might have been. But yeah, that would put a target on your back versus like people on a podcast are like, oh, you had to go change over like 50 bucks into Canadian currency or whatever. <laughs> nah, it was just, it was just a, a, a handful of pocket cash. Got it. Speaking of things that are pocket cash, emails, if you want to email us. It's sweet cash money, baby. Hey. Hey. Feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or you can message us on Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. We got lots of emails because we haven't been together in a while. So what we're going to do, we're going to read half of them now, half of them later. And yeah, you, we'll read them when we get to a chance. So first up, from Josh. Josh, Jeff has been an asshole to quitters for a long time. He's definitely way nicer now than in older seasons. I don't know that I've seen a quit like this in a while. I was going to say, yeah, not all quits are created equal, right? Like, if you quit because of some tragedy back home, if you quit, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, hypothetical reasons people would quit. Like, Mm -hmm. if you quit because you are very obviously hurt, or, like, not, like, to the point where medical is kicking you out, but, like, you're like, I am vomiting all over the place constantly, and I can't stop, and I could continue, but, like, I'm... I'm hurting here. That's very different from Austin just being like, ow. (laughs) I mean, like, this isn't a spoiler unless you watch more than 20 minutes the first episode of 44. Someone's medevaced on the very first challenge. And shit sucks. And Jeff's like there the whole time like, hey man, you're doing great. Like, big props to you. You're gonna be okay. (laughs) Aw, Jeff. Way to go. Wild. He's he's a dad now. He's a show dad. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how Jeff reacts to Medivax in these early seasons. Mm. I mean, I don't remember if he was there for Scoopins. I don't think he was. He wasn't there in person. Like he had to say something at the challenge, I believe. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But he definitely was not there for the initial like get him on a helicopter right now. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think there was a way that he could have been there quick enough sure. for the reaction because that shit happened fast. <laughs> yeah. It was like, boom, fire, uh, run to the water. Okay, we need help now. Whereas I feel like a lot of medevacs are not that. Yeah, it's stuff that's not quite so time sensitive. It's like, hey, this may be a problem if we let them stay. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Versus scooping. Hey. He's lost all of the skin on his hands. you, You need a hospital now. Yeah, so there's that. (laughs) 
two older Survivor seasons also be, used to be much better at foreshadowing. One great moment is when Jeff tries to snuff Lil's torch, but won't mm. go out slash signifying her return. I'd love that. That's so good. It's so good. We talked about it in an episode, but like... I wonder if they stopped doing this because people got too good at it. Like, too good at guessing with the foreshadowing. Maybe. But, I don't know. If, you put, if you're good at foreshadowing, people don't know that it's foreshadowing. That's true. Or, it doesn't have to be that, like, this person's going home. That's not the thing you foreshadow. You sure. foreshadow the little details. Because mm. those are the things that people are like, oh. Gotta love the show. Gotta love the show. Episode 7 from Carl. Carl. Lol, I knew the Rankapalooza email wasn't really going to be brief, neither will this one. <laughs> Yay! On Tina's strategy, I always thought her engineering the Mitchell blind side by getting Colby over was probably her best move. Mm, that's fair. It's so early, I kind of forget about it. Yeah, that completely changes the course of that season. I agree. Picture the episode. If you want to look at this, it's it's Lil's angry face. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Episode notes. Curious to hear what Josh means by the outcast twist wasn't planned. Yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about that, too. That seems to contradict things I've heard before, such as they were brought to the Ponderosa place and were given a bowl of rice and an apple a day. Okay. Mm, okay. That's, that's, thank you for answering that. Yeah. Apparently Burton was also catching fish. Ah. It also fits in a very nicely with the pirate theme. Yeah, no, it does for sure. Yeah. Apparently, all they were told was that they were going to, there was going to be a challenge at some point, which, even if it's true that they got limited food, I think it can't be overstated how much of an advantage it is not to be under the mental stress of having to play Survivor every day. Also, be, not being in the elements. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have a bed to sleep in. <laughs> you're not worried about being voted out or having to do strategy. You're just chilling, waiting for one challenge. Yeah. I, yeah. Something to be said about not being, like, you're in Survivor, but you're not in Survivor. Which, just like you guys alluded to, production probably wanted them to have as many advantages as they could. This twist is a huge gamble because if the outcasts just lose, then it's an obvious TV flop. Yep. Yep. Which there are some obvious TV flops out there. I mean, I can't pull one off the top of my head, but they're out there. Like, this, oh, this was a thing that didn't work. I mean, like the the tribe, hey, I want to switch tribes. Yeah, that's true. From two seasons ago. I was going to say most shows on Amazon Prime, but... <laughs> hey, we also had that conversation right before. <laughs> We're going through the... How many good Amazon Prime TV shows are there? I was in one and I didn't put it on that list. <laughs> <laughs> I will... This is not our promoting section, but I will vouch for uh, Laugh Out Loud. Can't the Canadian one specifically because they mm. have very good it's a competition where these comedians like it's all very funny comedians and they're just in a room and they can't laugh if they laugh they're out that's pretty good and they're playing for charity that's pretty good it's it's great it's a really funny show it's short but it has like Colin Mockery and uh, who other famous Canadian people there, there are some good ones in there I don't, I don't know any other Canadians May Martin sure uh, okay well I'm gonna keep going i was pleasantly surprised that y'all enjoyed the twist basically everyone at the time hated it and it continued to be one of the most despised survivor twists of all time for many years really it still has haters to this day like that's, jeff <laughs> that's crazy to me because it is i was so worried about this season becoming tribal locked and this opened it up yeah in a in a way that didn't feel cheap yeah mostly and honestly in principle i should hate it too because it's so obviously unfair and seems to go against the core concept of Survivor. 
But it's presented so well and makes for such good TV that I end up loving it. The scene where the outcasts make their first appearance is just so epic. Sometimes an idea can be bad on principle and still executed in such a way that it becomes good. Yeah. Or if it just, like, it works. Yeah. Like, in this scenario, it works. They come in, they're ready for revenge, they win, and they get two people in, and the two people that they send in are playing harder now. They're playing so hard. Like, I, I am all for it. Like Austin's quote about feeling like a bag of atrophy. <laughs> I'm pretty sympathetic toward him. He was extremely sick. Probably sicker than some future medevacs. Small spoilers. And the show definitely tried to make an example out of him to discourage future quitters. For example, that scene of him throwing the coconut was from day two, but it was edited to make it seem like day six or something. That's scummy. That is scummy. That's some survivor grossness. I don't like that. Yeah. Even so, it's a little bizarre to me how much of a dick Jeff is to him at Tribal Council. Austin isn't the first person to express a desire to quit. Shauna, Jenna, Mitchell, I mean, even our good friend BB here. And you know what? I do have to give him credit because I, those other people, BB excluded because he just got voted out, mm -hmm. just got held hostage. There is something in having the conviction to follow through, even if it's follow through with quitting, which is kind of a weird paradox in and of itself. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm sure production put pressure on him off camera too, albeit he wanted to quit so early. Yeah. It's really complicated. It is complicated. Like, it's a mess. I don't think, especially with how, as we're finding out how much more ill he was than yeah. we were allowed. But like, uh, I get why Survivor wants to nip this in the bud. They want it to be like this taboo thing and they want you to not quit. Because for them, this is going to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. For them, it hurts their show. Yeah. And I don't like... It's so messy, it's man. It's so scummy, but... Uh, whatever. It's not like Morgan planned on having Austin lay down his torch at Tribal Council. They were just going to vote him out like Pagong did with BB. But Jeff got super aggro, basically made them do this impromptu vote out loud thing, which directly leads to Austin being the first quitter of all time. Like you said, Steven, it's almost because he was a big jack dude. Yeah. Jeff was more pissed at him than he had been with the others. Well, yeah, Jeff's not going to bully a geriatric or, like, <laughs> a fucking 20-year-old, like, 90-pound woman who's like, my body's failing me. Yeah. He might, though. I wouldn't put it past... Early Jeff is much meaner than now Jeff. Imagine if Jenna had quit. He would not have behaved that way. He would not have. You're correct. Love Burton's little speech about how none of the other players know what it feels like to be voted out of a tribe. No one really touched on this in any other season so far, but he's right. Yeah. It's total social ostracization in front of national television, and it's interesting to have that highlighted. Yeah, it is and it isn't. I think it depends on how you get voted out. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's a tight vote, okay. Like, like alliances, whatever. Yeah, if your whole fucking tribe votes against <laughs> you, that's embarrassing as hell. Yeah. Rupert's kind of a prick in the opening scene here. A great scene, I might add. I mean, who the hell voted for me? Yeah. It's a very entitled thing to say. But at the time, the audience couldn't be more on Rupert's side. It was a very simple math. They loved Rupert and they hated John. If Rupert had actually punched John in the face and broken his nose, I think the fans would have loved him even more. I mean, again, I think Rupert was visibly drunk. 
in that scene. I can't back that up, but I'm not going to, like, argue with it. As someone who has dealt with occasionally drunk, angry people, it just seemed that way to me. <laughs> and knowing the amount of alcohol they have at camp or have A had lot. at camp, yeah. And finally, gonna tear Andrew down as well, because you're right, he's a total ass when he goes off about the misfits, as he calls them. At one point, he says something about how whichever of those dicks shows up here, which is just so unnecessary. I agree that his anger is probably more directed at production here, but I also get the vibe that he just feels superior to people like Lil and, and Ryan. It's an ugly side of him. It is an ugly side of him. And it what leads him to be a loser here. So, yep. oops. Moving on to email from Connor. Connor, here's a statement and a question for the what the episodes. First off, Austin did make some bad calls on giving up his clothing, which didn't help him in his case getting sick. Besides the staph infections, he was also developing and showing the first signs of jaundice. If you watch the episodes, you can clearly see his eyes yellowing in the in the later episodes. Oh his God. liver was shutting down. What? <laughs> I really think he would have made it to day 30, not 39, and had been medically evac'd. I personally think that his heart wasn't in it, but I'll just say without spoiling too much in the future, he may be our first quitter, but for me, his quit lies in the middle as far as quit rankings. Got it. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think both things can be true. And that, that I didn't... That's interesting. I did not notice the yellowing of the eyes, and none of us... I mean, I'm not a doctor. Steven's not a doctor. Connor, nope. you might be a doctor. I don't yeah. know. Dr. Connor. I'm going to assume you're not. <laughs> the odds are that, that you're not, just by, you know, demographics. There are less doctors than non-doctors. Non -doctors. Yeah. Everything in the world is a doctor or not a doctor, but there's significantly more non-doctors. Is this mushroom a doctor? But even still, man, yeah, selling, selling his clothes and his heart not really being in it, Austin's fault. Yeah. Everything else... <laughs> <laughs> My question is, do you think he was shown giving up and wanting to quit more frequently in the edit due to them knowing he was going to quit and producers were just mad about it. For example, apparently contestants say they want to quit all the time and are just not, like, they don't show it. Jen and the Amazon wanted to do, but it was part of her storyline as well. I do think Austin was overtly non-invested in his time out here and shouldn't have applied, but want to hear your thoughts. Thanks, from Connor. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a certain level of it that is, my, my hypothesis, that of course they're going to show it more because it happened. Yeah. You're not going to show people constantly being like, oh, I want to quit if they don't quit. But at the same time, his tribe had a lot to say on the fact that he wanted to quit. Mm -hmm. And I would be surprised if there's a lot of contestants that the entire tribe is individually having confessionals being like, his heart's just not in it. It doesn't seem like he wants to be here. So, yes and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like how we spoke before about they're they're trying to use him as the scapegoat and like, hey, future contestants, don't be Austin. We yeah. will humiliate you on TV, and like they go too far with it. Yep. But it's it's Survivor trying to protect their own their own ass. Yeah. Which I hate, but here we are. <sighs> and then one final one from Carl. This one's a shorter one. I'm gonna say one more thing on Austin before go on. I'm on. So sorry. And if they edited this out, shame on them. I do think Austin was not a good communicator on why he was leaving. He was just being, he just kept saying very vague things like, mm -hmm. my body is giving up on me. If, if, if you have, like, and I'm not saying he had to know exactly what was wrong with him. He's not a doctor either. Mm -hmm. But if he's actually going into the specifics of like, 
I have, I am get like, I'm trying to make up specifics on the spot, but like, <laughs> I'm getting chilled to the bone every single night. I, I messed up and sold my clothes off. Yeah. I am, I feel like I'm getting pneumonia or I, I can feel sharp pains in certain parts of my body that are freaking me out. I feel like that would have been a little bit better, but he kept doing like athlete speak with it too. Yeah. So like, you're also not communicating to us why we should feel, why we should be on your side. Yeah. And I want to know if like that's an editing thing. And that's what I'm saying. If they edited that out, shame on them. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking especially, especially the tribal council where he goes home. Yeah. It's very much just like, he just says the same thing, the same vague thing over and over again to the point that it feels like an excuse. Yeah. Even though it's not. And I'm going to, maybe he didn't know what it was because early stages of jaundice, I don't think you would be like, ah, yes, no, of course, I have of the jaundice but- or even, uh, <laughs> what's the other thing he had? The uh, staph infections. Staph infections. Even if it was just, hey, there is, it does, I'm not showing it, but there is something legitimately, seriously, medically wrong with me right now. Yeah. Something along those lines, <laughs> it'd be so much easier for, I mean, like I said, maybe he did, maybe the show buried it. I hope they didn't. Yeah. Remember how everything is COVID? <laughs> yeah. My, when I was like singing a lot, every time my throat was like more sore than usual, or like, this is a problem, it was always COVID in my brain. It never was, but always COVID in my brain. Got COVID on my mind. COVID on the mind. Carl, episode eight email. Picture the episode. (laughs) I like this new series of picture the episode. It's great. Maybe we should start making those the thumbnails of the episode. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's Andrew staring at Lil. I think this is when he's like, are you going to get back to me? Yeah. And she's like, "Mm." so pissed. (laughs) Never heard that Jeff interview. Makes sense he hates the outcast twist since he only enjoys the twist that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Also, I can believe that they only planned it after two votes were already done. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I could see it being a, oh, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Come back here. We need you. But, again, we don't know. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't just Nicole. Michelle also didn't want Lil on their vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, everyone had been chilling at Ponderosa. But, like, every other season had to leave before the jury members got there. But the producers also don't want to send them back to the States yet so they provide a vacation for them. Yeah. Hilarious. And, yeah, Lil had apparently been super mopey and annoying to Nicole and Michelle. So they didn't... They didn't want her on their vacation. <laughs> I I love Lil from a distance. I wouldn't want to spend any amount of time with Lil. We would not get along well. Not mm-hmm. like it would just not in like a combative way. I'd just be kind of annoyed. So I get yeah. it. Yeah. Good play by Burton in the final round of the immunity challenge. If you didn't notice, he puts the first medallion on the far end of the post. So by the end, he only has to put the last one on the close hook. Hmm. Even though I agree with Jared, I probably wouldn't have tried to win this if I was Burton. A big ol' hunk of lamb. Rupert's awesome. (laughs) I wouldn't have picked up on this myself, but apparently John was doing professional wrestling quotes for every vote he cast. So it was pretty perfect. God damn it. He got to vote for a man named Savage. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. I did write that down. Wow. The uh, Macho Man Randy Savage quote was pretty funny. I have so many mixed feelings on Johnny Fairplay. Oh, yeah. We, I, well, I'm going to get into that in yeah. this episode, mm-hmm. and we will. I feel like Andrew might have quit at the same time Austin did to think of all the energy he expended dragging Morgan back from the brink, then to have this curveball thrown at him as well. 
then to have a person comes back that is Lil, I think he was just done. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I'm not sure there's much he could have done to change his fate, no. even if he played it better here. No, you're right. Maybe you could have split a tie. He's and just a sore hope, loser. Hope for rocks. I just think he's a sore loser. Yeah. Andrew came off douchey at times to me, but overall I think he was a phenomenal character. Mm -hmm. Definitely one of the best pre-jury boots so far. He also got totally screwed by the twist and never complained about it afterwards, so that's a plus. That's why he comes back. Yeah. What was surprising was that, not that he came back, but it took so long for it to happen. Jeff tends to develop man crushes on certain contestants, and for years Andrew was up there with Colby and Boston Rob as one of his biggest. Huh. I would be surprised if it turned out that Jeff lobbied for him to come back for seasons before Cambodia as well, and just got turned down. Hmm. Interesting. Andrew says on the DVD commentary that his biggest regret was not punching Johnny Fairboy in the face before leaving that tribal council. That's fair. Wow. Yeah. And that's all. That's all the emails for today. We got we got more in the pocket, but we'll wait. One on the mic's worth two in the inbox. One on the mic is two in the bumper. All right, this episode came out on November 20th of 2003. A couple things in the week between episodes. Uh, Britney Spears, at 21 years old, becomes the youngest singer to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, and she gets a lot of money from that, right? Uh, her, Spears gets a lot of money. Spears? <laughs> the, the entity known as Spears? <laughs> the Spears family gets a lot of money. The Spears dad gets a lot of money. Yeah. In England, the Local Government Act 2003 repealing controversial anti-gay amendment Section 28 becomes effective. We talked about, like, I think it was like six, uh, like a season before this or, or uh, a, maybe two seasons before this. It got repealed. Now it's become, it's actually, like, effectively repealed. And at the, on the same day, Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court rules the state's ban on same-sex marriages is unconstitutional. Oh. Yeah. Hell Yeah. People were just, like, having gay on the brain that day, I guess. It was the gay games. <laughs> the gay games! <laughs> and an arrest warrant is issued for pop singer Michael Jackson for molesting children, and he turns himself in the next day. God, I don't remember this. Oh, yeah, I don't think he was ever convicted, but he was charged. He turned himself in and he wasn't charged? Well, when you... when you Oh, I see. They put the warrant out, and then he turned himself in. Yes. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought he was just like, yeah, I did it. Here, take me. No, 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 not confessed. <laughs> Okay, that, that, more tracks. Number one movie is still Baby Boy. The top five you movies. Mean the song? No, it's the number one movie. Okay. <laughs> Baby Boy featuring Will Smith. It's, it's the number one song. The top five <laughs> movies, however. Number five, Brother Bear. Number four, Love Actually. Matrix Revolutions. I didn't realize it was Revolutions. That was Revolution. The Matrix Revolution. I also thought it was Revolution. I mean, that's a typo on this website. It might be. Number two, Elf. And number one, Master and Commander. I do know of Master and Commander. It's like a... It's actually, sorry, it's Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Is that a sequel? I don't know. Okay, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to Google that. Keep going. Do you know this movie? I... We didn't even know if it was a sequel. Why am I asking? In 1805, aboard the HMS Surprise, okay, the brash captain Jack Surprise! Aubrey... Played by Russell Crowe and his trusted friend, the ship's scholarly surgeon, Stephen Maturin, Paul Bettany, are ordered to hunt down and capture a powerful French vessel off the South American coast. Though Napoleon is winning the war and the men and their crew face an onslaught of obstacles, 
including their own internal battles, Lucky Jack is determined that nothing will stop the surprise from completing its mission. Hate that. What do you think its rating is, Steven? I actually think that this is a good movie. Like, this is a... This is a critic good movie and an audience not as great movie. So okay. I'm going to go like an 84 critic and a 76 audience. You're, you're getting, you're, you're pretty good at this. 85 critic. Oh. 80 audience. Okay. All right. Yeah, it is. I just know this is Master and Commander. There isn't, this isn't a sequel. Okay, got it. So it's, it's just, they just put a colon for a second title on it for yeah. no reason. It's Russell Crowe. As the, yes. the like, main guy. And that's how I know this. I had I had said that in the description if you had been listening to me. Well, yes. I'm, but why would you listen to me? Would, oh, and Paul Bettany. Yeah, that's right. Again. I literally said both of those names. <laughs> Who listens to you? <laughs> Anything else? No. <laughs> Jared's mad at me. Uh, anyway, speaking of mad, episode 10, Swimming with Sharks. So... There's a lot of imagery going through this episode, Jared. Did you catch on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the very first moment, there is a snake. And this snake goes through the entire episode. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same snake. It probably isn't. But... The snake that's eating the rat? The iguana. Or what was it eating? Iguana. Yeah. That's what it was. But yes. But the very first shot is the snake, like, running through camp as people sleep. Mm-hmm. And by running, I mean slithering, because snakes do not, as we if know... If you see a snake running, you better fucking run the other direction. <laughs> oh, man, we really haven't done this in a while. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so, while this is happening, it's nighttime, snake going through the camp. Rupert is not sleeping. Nighttime is killing Rupert. He's like, man, these nights are just so hard. He's in his head. He misses his family. It's a weird moment where he's like, I, I miss my family so much because I want them to see that I am the greatest survivor player of yeah. all time. He's like, my island. I don't know where that, I don't know where that is in the episode, but he calls it my island. And I'm like, Rupert. Yeah. Rupert. This episode is actually very similar for me to the Rob Thailand episode. Mm. Except that we like Rupert. <laughs> and Rupert isn't a safety hazard as much as Rob. <laughs> There's only one moment where I was like, Rupert might commit violence. <laughs> but it's very much that, like, of mice and men, like, putting Lenny down. Like, everyone knows what's going on. And the rabbits. And Rupert has no fucking clue. This is... To call this a blindside isn't really fair. Because it isn't. It is. But Rupert intentionally sticks his head in the sand so that it kind of is. And so we spend the entire episode being like, here's Rupert <laughs> doing island stuff, and here's everyone else besides Krista, and I include Sandra in this, by the way. Everyone else except for Krista going after Rupert. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying here, but we'll we'll talk about that when it happens. Mm -hmm. So like, he talks about, is he delusional here, or just doesn't understand how this game works? He talks about all these places of honor for these other people, and, like, they're going to take their places of honor behind me. I'm going to win this game, and they're going to be happy with second, third, fourth. Like, dude, nobody wants that. I, I think that's his strategy. And I don't think it's a good strategy, and I don't think it's one that you tell people unless you tell Lil. I mean, he's not. He's not telling people this, but... But I, I think that's 
I think Rupert has a hard time being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that's his way of justifying. It's like, listen, I am the leader. I have worked very hard. And I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. And everyone else also thinks he's going to win if he gets to the end. <laughs> I mean, he will win if he gets to the end. Yeah. Correct. And so it, he's trying to pick up the people around him to us. But it comes off as very egotistical. Because mm-hmm. like everyone, he's talking about all of the other competitors to us for some reason, which not a lot of contestants do. Usually they don't even talk about the other people. They're like, I'm going to win this game. Like they'll talk about them individually or like, uh, yeah, this is my alliance or whatever. But they don't sit there and pontificate on how people will feel when they go home. Yeah. So Rupert's trying to, Rupert's basically like, I'm in this game that's made me do a, that's making me do something that is objectively hurtful to them. But actually, wait, it's a game and it can be a good thing. It can be an honorable thing and blah, blah, blah. So I don't really honestly know why they kept it. Unless they're trying to get us to just like, be like, oh, it's kind of good Rupert went home. It doesn't paint him in a great light if you just listen to it without really digging deep into everything else that you've seen from Rupert. Mm. And how many psychopaths are going to sit down and do that? <laughs> Not I, the, the Steven. No, you are. We're, that's this entire show. Damn it. You're right. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Johnny kind of breaks it down for us. And he's like, Rupert and Krista and Sandra are a three. Like, it's very clear to us and very clear to everyone. And I'm not going to be happy being number four. Yeah. As Rupert broke down, like, and he breaks it down too, like, he is number four. Yeah. And I'm not going to settle for that. Good. And this is the smartest thing that any Survivor player has done thus far. Not really. I I wouldn't go that far. I mean, Rob in Amazon had a very similar math. But, like, thank God he wasn't just going to sit there... He wasn't comfortable in just sitting there and being on the winning side and hoping something happens. Yeah. He said, I can do something about this. Boom, boom. Johnny Fairplay, baby. <laughs> and these are the type of players, if you're playing, you have to be careful of. Because mm-hmm. your your Burtons and all of that, they'll be comfortable being number four because they can win an immunity challenge. Like, I mean, Johnny's probably not going to win an immunity challenge. He might. But you're if you're Johnny Fairplay, you're not going to bank on that. Nope. So... If you're Burton, you might be able to bank on that. So you might your math might be a little different. Your math could math. And yeah, you can you can that's what I was talking about in, in Thailand where I was like, Jan is making a bet on herself to win that last immunity challenge, and it's a it was a bad fucking bet. It was bet. a bad bet. But I understood what she was doing by that point. Yeah. Earlier she should have done different things. And yeah, I I just I love this for Johnny. And I don't love Johnny the person, but I it, I do love Johnny the Survivor player. Yeah. yeah. I don't like Rupert the Survivor player, but I like Rupert the person. <laughs> it's weird how those two can coexist in the same world. It's so fun. Yeah. So that all happens. Burton's kind of also in this weird no man's land of, I'm nervous about making moves. Like, what do we do about Dara and T? Like, Until they said that, I forgot Dara was here. <laughs> I literally forgot who the third person in Morgan that was still on the yeah. show was. Part of me realized at this point why it was so difficult for me to remember Tawana's name and how it was pronounced was because we by, by halfway through the season we just refer to her as T. Yeah, and that's all we do. Like that's it. I kind of like it as a nickname though. It is a great nickname. I mean, learn how to say people's names, but I, it's, like, it's a good nickname. And then we have this whole shark imagery where Rupert's out fishing for sharks. Yeah. 
and like he he talks us through about how if you're going for the shark, you have to get the head. Like you cannot miss, otherwise your spear is gone. Mm-hmm. And I I found that just so compelling. And Shoot so, for the king. You better not miss. You better not miss. And it it brings it back. It's exactly correct. Mm-hmm. You better not miss. And this is at the same time when they're talking as a five. Like now is the time. We need to get Rupert out. And I will say, this is the best execution of this type of move that we have seen thus far that Johnny Fairplay does. He gets everyone around. He finds his moment. He gets everyone around and says, guys, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. If Rupert doesn't win immunity, it's Rupert. If he does, it's Krista. I'll see you in two days. Don't fucking talk to me for two days. Almost. There is one scene where it almost blows wide open. Oh, yes. I know. Are you talking about the reward challenge? No. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, him and Burton. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. But this this approach, he can go off and talk with Burton. Correct. But if he's talking to Morgan, that's going to raise some flags. Yes. So for him to be like, guys, this is the plan. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> is great. Everyone's gone. I get, like, Krista and Sandra just, like, go off to do something. So they're like, oh, I guess now we have to do it at this time. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and then a reward challenge happens. Look at this set. They have a giant pirate ship set. <laughs> there was a, a Christian camp I went to growing up in Michigan that on the beach had what, to me, as a child, felt like it was this size and scale. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was not. Sure. But it reminded me of that. It was very cool. I also went to a Christian camp in Michigan. From Minnesota? Yeah. What was the, what camp? It was, a, it was a Young Life camp. It was uh, Timberwolf Lake. Oh, never mind. It was like a man-made lake, and they, like, built cabins around it. It was a really cool camp. I don't know that I stand by everything that Young Life does. Like, it's one of those where, you're, like, on the surface, it's really cool, and, like, it's very good at bringing in kids and being like, I'm, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And then, like, you get into the, like, underground politics of it, and you're like, oh, you, you can't, like, you can't be a leader if you've ever had sex outside of marriage. And you're like, well, okay. Listen, Jesus died for our sins, and so I'm going to make it worth it. You're going to sin a lot? Yeah. <laughs> cool. If you don't sin, he died for nothing. That's got a good point. Okay, anyway. <laughs> religion aside. <laughs> uh, there, it's an obstacle course set on this pirate ship. And something about this set was really cool and also limiting. Correct. In like They had to make it work around the set. So things kind of felt stunted. Yeah, it didn't really live up to its potential. Yeah. And the first round, the ringing of the bells was fucking stupid. That was my backup intro bit, was do not ask whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Because the bell part was stupid. It was stupid. And I once they did the, the second leg of it, where it was puzzle pieces, I was like, oh, okay. You just didn't want to have two puzzles ready to go. Correct. Which, fine, but just cut the bell. Just let them do the course. Yeah. I agree. They just, they needed something to signify that you were done. And they were like, okay, I guess the bell. (laughs) But also, it brings up the problem of cargo nets are not made for you to go back down. No. And we saw so many people eat shit. Yeah. (laughs) On a not soft surface. Lil ate shit. Rupert ate shit. Johnny ate shit. Like, my God. So many people. (laughs) So... What happens is they have to randomly draw partners and they have to do an obstacle course where they climb up a cargo net, ring a bell, come back down, swing across a gap, 
which really didn't matter whether you just jump off you just jump off but they made it where you had to have the rope in hand yeah like you had to fish the rope with like a, a long stick it was the stabbing stick from the boat challenge yeah and then you had to do something at the end i don't remember what it was it was the stabbing stick from the boat challenge actually <laughs> it might be yeah and then they had like one more section where they had to ring a bell and i don't know it works and it doesn't work the reward that they're playing for is deep sea fishing and at first you're like you're the reward is more work yeah i mean deep sea fishing is easier than going actually into the water and spear fishing you're on a boat just like sipping beer and reeling a line yes and and i wrote down at this point okay cool so rupert can just sit out and he could be whoever like take rupert so we can catch all the fish for you yeah they did not do that they did not do that and they're also playing for pizza and beer one slice of pizza and a beer no a giant ass pizza that was very good it was very bready oh yeah it was it was very bready anyway they randomly draw partners it is burton and lil krista and dara rupert and johnny and t and sandra so burton and lil and krista and dara go first lil takes that hard hit burton and lil win johnny forgets to ring the bell in the second one has to go back up the has mask. To go back up the shoot it's really funny they still win but man it was funny and in the final they're like okay do it again but now with a puzzle and then jeff ruins the puzzle I don't agree, because a lot of times, whether it's on camera or not, there's a key to the puzzle. Like, they'll show you what the completed one looks like, and he just told them, it's up, oh yeah, hey, it's up there. We didn't tell you. Sometimes. I mean, you're, you're right. If the puzzle wasn't as easy as it was, yeah, I would agree. Like, yes, give them a frame of reference. But this one was, was 16 pieces. Yeah. Yeah, it was not too bad. Anyway... They're dead even when they get to the puzzles. We see it... Well, first off, we see Rupert's entire junk. Like, he falls <laughs> down, and it's just like, big blurred spot. Yeah, there's the, there's your one downside to the skirt. Yeah, yep. Yep. So they're even... This is the same season where an entire tribe took off their pants, correct. so... Correct. Even when they get to the puzzles, Burton and Lil squeak it out. I mean, they're far better at these puzzles than Johnny Fairplay and Rupert correct just it is and then they get like a weird big open mouth kiss with lil and burton yeah it was was, i don't think it was intended that way but it was just like oh okay okay. your face is in my face i meant to kiss you on the cheek but here we are (laughs) all right (laughs) and then of course as jeff likes to do he's like you want to give it up and lil's like no no i must have it and then feels so bad about it yeah and then burton's like yeah okay i'll give it up and they to Rupert to Johnny Fairplay. <laughs> this is a misplay. Is it? And it doesn't cost them because Rupert is oblivious mm-hmm. this entire episode. Willfully oblivious. I don't know. You have had you have had a back and forth of well two things. Yeah. First of all, you've had a back and forth of you just trading rewards and I believe you promised this one to Rupert. We did talk about that pre-challenge and he's like I don't know if he promised, but they did talk about that being a thing that should happen. Right. Also, hey, you can send Rupert off with Lil, and then you can talk to the rest of the camp if you need to. Like, I mean, away from Sandra and Krista. Mm-hmm. 
But I guess if Lil's the one who you want to solidify, then okay, I do understand that. And I actually wonder if Lil wouldn't have been the one to immediately be like, yes, it's mine, if they wouldn't have sent Rupert. I think they didn't want Lil alone with Rupert. That, I, I agree that that plays into it. Like, that would be a problem. And part of me also thinks that Burton didn't want to also be on another reward with Lil, because that could be easily seen as a, oh, this is a pair. Because they came in together, they had that one, and then they're like, we're trying to fake it. Yeah, I think they probably could have gotten away with it this time because they were randomly paired together. So that could have worked in their favor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It just like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of hints for Rupert throughout this episode that he's being conspired against, and he just... There's red flags all over the place, and the man's goddamn colorblind. I don't know. I disagree. He After this, he kind of, like, talks to us that he's like, I don't know. Something's not right here. Yeah, but he doesn't actually do anything about it or talk to anyone. I mean, when Lil comes back from the reward, he, like, immediately jumps on Lil. Like, Yeah, hey. and, then, and then he just goes, cool, I believe her. I know, man, but, like, you gotta take someone's word, right? I guess. What do you do at that point? Do you, like, hang by her and Talk say, to the Morgan people! Stop being so fucking tribal! Pull a couple of them over. Mm -hmm. Be like, hey, do you think... I don't know what... If they're going, coming for me? Like, who do you think they're going for next? But in his game plan, it doesn't include Morgan at all. I know. For him, it's... Stay the course. This would have been too early, but once Sandra overhears Johnny... You gotta. You gotta at least try. Or yeah. at least suss him out. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> we will... Rupert's still playing a team-based game, and they merged, like, a week ago. Yeah. I agree. We're, I'm gonna breeze over Lil having a existential crisis. Yeah. Uh, she's having Catholic guilt again, and that happens. Uh, <laughs> they Johnny Fairplay and Lil go out. They're having a good time. And they have their pizza. Lil has like three quarters of a beer. And she's fucking hammered. She's having a blast. They deep sea fish kind of. There was no bait on these hooks. Really? There was no bait on the hooks. They just took the hooks and they threw it onto the ocean. Wow. Okay, I didn't even catch that. I it, it like if you have a a specific jig to maybe make it work, but there was no bait on that hook. Wow. I don't know how deep sea fishing works, to be perfectly honest. Well, if it's anything like when my dad went deep sea fishing, everyone gets really sick because the motion of the waves is very intense in that small boat, and then everyone throws up. I saw a documentary on deep sea fishing. Oh, yeah? It's called Jaws. Ah, uh, how does that end? Deep sea fishing's wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, I... Everything that we talked about with that, by the way, is why I don't think you should be able to give up your reward. I think you should be able to take somebody else, but if you mm -hmm. win it, it should be yours. And I think that is, and I actually, especially, especially if you're paired in random teams, because you have, you have no idea what's going to transpire. Right. Like, I, sure, Burton and Lil, we kind of know. But like, what if it had been, imagine if it had been Burton and Rupert on a team and neither of them could give it away. And then they go on this trip together. That would have either the fucking fascinating TV or it would have been something to easily breeze past. It would but have been very interesting. It, what if it was Rupert and Johnny? Yeah. What if it... Yeah, there's so many other... What if it was Sandra and Johnny? Like, there's so many other combinations that people wouldn't 
prefer mm-hmm. that I makes me wish they couldn't give it up. <laughs> the what ifs, Jared. The I what know. ifs. I know. So yeah, they get back. They're like, yeah, we didn't catch anything. And Rupert immediately jumps on that. And Lil lies to him. <gasps> I know. She says, I don't know if I can lie. And then she does it. She did say something around uh, on the trip around the neighborhood of, I'm not very good at this game. And I was like, I'm glad you know that. <laughs> I'm glad you know that because you can use that. If yeah. you think you're good at this game and you're not, That's boy, are you in trouble. <laughs> That's a problem. But you can be somebody's goat. Yeah. She might be a goat. She might make it to the very end. Hey, a, a goat gets you $100,000 sometimes. Yeah. So don't turn that down. If you know you can't win the game, you should try to be a goat. Yeah. So that happens. We wake up. Immunity challenge. It's a dart game. What happens is that you have to hit your own color. It's it's a giant circular wheel, a la a dartboard. And one-sixth of the pie is your pie. You have to hit your section first, and then you can start attacking other people. And if you get three hits on them, they're out. This is this is a classic darts game Yeah, uh, called Assassin. I, I like it. It's a good game. It, it mixes in skill with still having some element of targeting. Mm-hmm. The one thing I was confused about was, and it didn't end up coming up, was it's it's all three lives and the Assassin were on the same track. So, like, when you hit other people did you or when you hit yourself did you get lives back because that's the only way you could get the assassin mark back so i think so from what i understand is that if you like have lost lives but you're not out and you hit your own color you then go to assassin mode and you have all your lives back like he would just shift oh, the entire board interesting over. okay got it so then you'd be like boom i'm in assassin mode you have to hit me three more times to get me out it's been a long time since i've played that game i don't know if that is a, an exact one for one with the game assassin sure but it's it seemed cool like you said we didn't have that opportunity in this game because uh burton was good at blowing the darts he was really good at it and nobody else was <laughs> well i shouldn't say that Rupert was also good, but Rupert got sabotaged by a lot of people here. By his own ally. By I, I don't think Sandra meant to hit his dart. Sandra did not mean to hit his dart. I can pretty safely she say that. She was pretty bad at the game. She and, was. And her immediate reaction was like, oh shit! Yeah. Burton, though, Burton was aiming for that, for And again, sure. probably should have been a red flag, Rupert. Yes. Correct. So, I'm, I'm just gonna quick run through these. John takes out Krista, Rupert takes out Dara, Burton... Takes out Sandra, T, John, Lil, and then wins. Yeah. Like, dude was good at this game. He was amazing at it. He was good at the blow darts, but also I think he was the only one taking the time to properly feed the the blow darts into the tube and, like, get a good seal when he's blowing it. Because nobody else could figure out how to get it to go the distance. He's also just good at the challenges. Yeah. And he got an intermission from the game. He did. Let's not forget that he's only been back for like a week. Yeah. He spent the mid part of the season, sure, limited rations, but like relaxing at Ponderosa. (laughs) Something to be said for that. Something to be said for that. Then we get back to camp and here's the long shot of a snake eating an iguana. Yeah. We're, We're survivors set in like, hey, the snake's winning this one, baby. (laughs) Yep. Rupert knows what's going on now. Kind of. He doesn't outright say it, but he does have that uneasy feeling. Kind of. I. He still seems so blindsided. 
And like, he does. we're going to, so he seems hurt. Yeah, that's true. I, I actually missed some of my notes. I wanted to put out a couple quotes from this section, but I'm going back to the award at okay. this point. Johnny said, I need to date women like you. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Joking about something. I was like, that's all right, Johnny. Oh yeah. And then I also had a Johnny quote from the immunity challenge, which once he gets out, he goes, it was a pleasure having me. <laughs> that was really funny. That's a good quote. I like that one. That was great. It was much better than his quote after the challenge, where he's talking about how easily promises are broken. And I'm not even going to read it because I didn't like it. Sure. Yeah. I call that, I call this the douchebag alliance between him and Burton. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. Which, I mean, there is something to be said, another strength of Johnny's, and he has a lot of strengths for the game of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, he stabbed Burton in the back. Oh, he did. And now he's his best friend. Mm-hmm. That takes a level of charisma and almost shamelessness where like you have to be able to go to him and be like yeah i fucked you over yeah and honestly i'll do it again but right now let's work together <laughs> i would have gotten away with it too if i went for your meddling kids so there is that section i, I don't remember where it was because i guess i didn't take the note but sandra is listening in on burton and johnny talking and, like, Sandra's in the bushes and overhears them. I think it was before the immunity challenge. Yeah, and kind of, so, like, goes to Rupert immediately with this information. And then kind of downplays it. Like, yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm sure it's it's not. Like, but if they work together, like, that could be a problem, right? So, Rupert, let's count the red flags here real quick. <laughs> John's voted for you before. Mm-hmm. You voted Burton off before. Mm-hmm. Sandra overheard them conspiring against you. They targeted you in the immunity challenge. Jeff made a weird comment at the immunity challenge as well about making Rupert a target. And you still are not doing anything about it. Yeah. If Rupert wasn't so charismatic, so good at surviving, like the survival part of the show, and wasn't good at the challenges, he would, he would be nothing. Like, and I'm not saying, like, if he wasn't good at Survivor, he wouldn't be good at Survivor. Correct. But, like, he'd be Dara without those things. He has, he has the, he's playing, he has the gameplay levels of Dara at this point. I put it this way. I think his gameplay is his personality. Like, he is Mm. so good at bringing people in around him that, like, the opening part of the game, he didn't really have to do that strategizing. You're right. I should say strategy, not gameplay. He has gameplay. Yeah. But he doesn't really have strategy besides be likable yeah and that that is a problem with rupert and like he just hadn't been put in a place where he had to do manipulation and the one time he did it was brought to him of like hey we need to do this and he's like you're trying to break up my team no and that's the thing it's not he is protective but he is not strategic so you come for me or you come for my friends yeah i'm gonna hurt you it was reactionary though exactly yeah so that happens anyway there's there's a little meeting about five strong before they go to tribal just to like kind of i don't know will they will they won't they yeah and then we get to tribal rhino's here hey rhino how you doing (laughs) first member of our jury and this whole thing is just like hey rupert hey rupert hey rupert in rupert grade we're really laying it on thick here. Uh-huh. And again, they ask way more questions than what we actually see, but man, they're laying it on thick. Anybody you couldn't survive without? <laughs> Look at this guy. It's Rupert. 
they also dig in at Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, when he wakes up late and then he naps in a secret spot in the bushes. It is weird that they start all of a sudden are like, John's lazy because through all the rest of the season, that doesn't seem to have been the case. He was no. yelling at Sean for being lazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they're was, just fucking Was this around. an actual lazy or was this like, hey, I'm trying to throw off the scent from what's actually happening? Wasn't it Sandra that said this? It was Sandra that said it. It could have been, actually. Yeah. Sandra's devious, man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Dara, this whole time, is playing like a... Ah, oh, darn. I'm going home, huh? Anybody else, and this would be like... This would be a big red flag. But Dara has shown so little, like, of anything to anybody that this <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah. And that's all really, I really have. Do you have any notes from trial? Sandra's vote. Sandra's vote. Before we do that, I do want to do Johnny's to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! <laughs> that just concept of you walking up in this fire-lit place, you walk over to this counter, you write down your very important vote, and you're like, woo! It's so it. funny to me. I love it. I'm glad these are wrestling quotes. That's hilarious. Yeah. Rupert, so, Rupert's voted out 5-2-1. to two to one. I know. 5-2-1. That makes no sense. Yes, it does. And then you look at what happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I think Sandra was worried that... or Sa Sandra wanted Rupert gone. Sandra... She wanted Rupert gone and she didn't want to be the one to do it. Yeah. So now... She didn't want blood on her hands. Yes. Sandra is Varys from Game of Thrones. She knows every... She seems to know everything that's going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And we've seen she's not above going and eavesdropping on people. Yep. So now if you're Sandra, and you make it to the final two, you've got to vote from Rupert. You didn't vote him out, and you were in alliance with him. And if Lil had flipped and had gone to a tie, you would have had to have mm -hmm. vote for Rupert. But not if you throw a vote on John. Yeah, you throw your vote out in somewhere where it doesn't matter. And who's going to remember that? And even if they do, they can't confirm it was you. That Correct. could be Lil. Correct. It's so fucking smart, man. Sandra it's is so quietly good at this game it's very brilliant and this is actually part of the reason and mind you the game is very different from season two but watching sanders been part of the reason why i've kind of downgraded tina because i think they're they're they approach the game very similar they're very different people mm -hmm. but i think that they both came in with a, a similar game plan but i can see sanders <laughs> yeah the, the show is showing us more of Sandra's than of Tina's. Yeah, but even a vote. Like, you, yeah. don't, you can't have a vote. And the circumstances are different and all of that. Yeah. But I just... Man. Good stuff. Sandra's so fucking good, man. Good, good stuff. <laughs> Can we talk about Rupert's post-game speech? It's so fucking whiny. It is very whiny. It's... Uh, this money would have been life-changing. Dude, it's a million dollars. Of course it is. It'd be life-changing for almost everyone on the show, if not everyone. I don't know everyone's financial situation, but like... For most, everyone up there needs the money. That's why they're there. He was already cashing that check, baby. It was all in his Foolish. brain. My line yeah. I picked out was so much for my dreams. Oh my God. That was... Mm, why, my Chemical Romance should have sampled that before one of their songs. <laughs> like as the cold open to fucking Helena or something. Yeah. Like that's... It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you're right. I think it comes from... If you've, if you've already cashed the check in your head, then you getting vote, voting out is losing a million dollars. Correct. Versus you winning. You you just you not you not winning. You you you've already taken ownership over that money in your mind and now it is gone mm -hmm. versus it's up 
for grabs for anyway and ah damn it i didn't look at what they stole from me yeah (laughs) yeah rupert's gone i mean he's coming back how would you know that jared there's no fucking he's a ratings machine this is our last all-star wait is it that's our last one i thought there was one i thought there was one more from this season just the one you know what actually if i was the winner of this season i would not want to come back for all-stars well because you would have to turn around and do it almost immediately like a month later yeah Yeah. that's 39 more days after you did 39 if you win yeah yeah so this is our we have our all-stars cast locked up wow what's funny is i kind of don't want rupert to well that's not true i'm excited for rupert to come back Mm -hmm. but i think he's gonna finish in the exact same spot he finished this season Mm. like i don't think you vote up for the merge why the fuck would you but I don't think he has a strategy to, to win the game. So I think he's always going to be in this post-merge, pre-Final 5 area. Do you think he learns from this, though? I I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that he will. Part of what sucks is having this quick turnaround gives you less time for reflection. True. And he, he also does have... There is no background information on him so he does have the lowest profile going i didn't even think about that correct wow so he is the only person that no one else has seen footage of and knows his game that is wild Uh for rupert i don't think that matters because he (laughs) is who he is sure there's a certain part of him that will be who he is i mean production basically says to everyone like he was a very likable guy and that's the reason why he's here is he he was incredibly likable yeah and physically dominant. Were they planning on doing one less person for All-Stars then? And it was like a last second addition? Not necessarily. I'm sure it was... Um, I don't know. I shouldn't speak out of my ass here. I think they were hoping for one more person to fill this slot. Mm. But also it hadn't been like solidified yet. I'm sure they had backups in case they didn't have anybody. Sure. And they, we saw... We, we talked about other people that they had to pull backups in for so that mm. makes sense i i think rupert will learn the application of that will be interesting because if he tries to play a completely different game that's not who he is because rupert's incredibly genuine mm-hmm. rupert is always rupert the good and the bad yeah of what at least that's my impression from watching the show yeah if he tries to be somebody else that's gonna be terrible <laughs> if he just tries to be a little more flexible or tries to not cosplay as a pirate <laughs> and or the, a pirate captain, yep. then maybe. But he's always going to have a huge fucking target on his back. Okay. This is a, a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain here. Something I haven't shown you thus far is the, the DVD covers for all of these seasons mm-hmm. because every single one has the winner like front and center like they have faces usually around the cover so like don't go look them up sure but the winner is usually like boom front and center this is the only season where that is not the case that's too much rupert is the front and center of this season that's, that's how likable they thought he was gonna be I mean, he and is. how much he is yeah that's that's a lot it is i a almost lot. feel bad for the winner of this season <laughs> it is a lot but he is that guy. Yeah. He is survivors. Like this is our horse. We're we're hitching it to him. Our what? Our horse. I did say horch. It's our horch. Horchata. 
Anyway, your protagonist of the episode. It's Rupert. It's his episode. As as it should be. Yeah, this is this is the eulogy episode. Mm. I'm very excited to see how the rest of the season goes without him here. Because I loved every moment we had him. But yeah, now it's a game. Now it's a game. I mean, it was a game before. Mm-hmm. There was there was good gameplay going on. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And I did kind of like the looming question of every single human being that wasn't Rupert going, <laughs> when are we going to do it? We're going to get rid of him eventually, but right? when are we going to do it? Right? <laughs> I'm just excited to see how the rest of the season shakes up, right? Because now you could have the five of them just pick off Sandra and Krista, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Mm. Because if you do, if you go to that five, quote unquote, well... That five, would that five include the five that they established? Was in Lil, this one? Lil's in that five? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you do that, Lil, Burton, Johnny, T, and Dara, that could be an interesting final five. And like, in order for a group like that to go to the final five, you can't have a clear three. Mm-hmm. There has to be somebody that's one or two people that are in flux. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's Lil, but if you're the Morgan people. Lil's not gonna like I'd be like Lil's not gonna work with us to get rid of Burton and Johnny so that means you're probably gonna have maybe T go with Sandra and Krista and leave Dara as the flip vote it does look like things have certainly opened up now haven't they I love it hmm good stuff anything else you'd like to say uh live fast eat grass bumper That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Pour one out for our, our man Rupert. He is he is no more. I'm not actually going to pour it out. You got that really vertical, or really horizontal. It's a very tall beard. I drank like half of it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. What would you like to promote, Jared? Play Boulder's Gate 3! I appreciate you walking away from that, because I... Like you, you peek the microphone, but not enough that I'm like, it's I can't so use that. It's so good. <laughs> I can't get over how good it is. <laughs> also, I will also, uh, plug airport bars. Oh. I spent like four hours in an airport bar waiting for my flight on Monday. And like that kind of liminal space is nice. We're just kind of like, I have nothing to do. I'm just waiting for a flight that will not get here any sooner than it gets here and will not leave any sooner than it leaves. And I'm going to drink a beer and play my Switch. I have only spent time in one airport bar. Hmm. It was a very sad moment. It was me leaving my last cruise contract. And, like, everyone was going in different flights. So it was like, okay, this person left, then this person left, then this person left. And it was just me and my cast manager. And we had become, like, so close over the contract. And... Him and I, we just like sat and we drank a, a beer together before we both went our separate ways. Sounds like, like the end of a sitcom. It does, doesn't it? It seems very sitcommy. Anyway, the thing I want to promote is a ridiculous kind of reality game show. It's called Physical One Hundred on Netflix. It is a South Korean think like American Ninja Warrior meets Squid Games. I also love that you used american ninja warrior and not ninja warrior that's fair there is ninja <laughs> warrior i guess people know both well yeah i guess if you watched uh g4, g4 yeah i loved g4 uh-huh. anyway 
the whole premise of this show is that they are finding the most perfect physical form. Like, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so funny. Because what? they bring in all these athletes from, like, different disciplines. They have skiers. They have professional weightlifters. They have they have one random white basketball player. He He's just, like, in the country playing basketball. So they're like, get him. He's really tall. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, you might not like it, but this is the peak masculinity. It's true, because I just finished the last episode, and you're like, that went through my brain, like, you may not like it, but that's the perfect physical form. They've, <laughs> they've established it. And it's it's a little too heavy on the like Korean influences at times, where they'll replay things four times in a row, mm. just like reaction shots. You're like, okay, I get it. You could just replay that once, and I, I would understand. But it is really funny watching the Squid Games aspect kind of like leak in, where they start at 100, and then they cut down to 50, and then they cut down mm. even further, and then they just like get into teams for this game. I'm excited for what they do for a first or for a second season because they've established that there's going to be a second season. They've already made. They've already found the the peak physical form. They've already found the peak physical form, so I want to see what they do for a second one. But it it gets a little heavy handed with the team stuff, which mm. is my my one complaint. But yes, it was very interesting, and not to spoil anything, but did you win? I did not win. Oh, damn. But the. <laughs> If you were to go down a list of people who are very cocky in certain disciplines, the certain discipline did uh, did win out. Ah, that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. All right. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host Steven, this is Jared. Bye bye. Reach your peak physical form. <laughs> <laughs>